Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Right, this is a Fan First Sports Network Block M Podcast Network Reaction Podcast. I can't say that I'm pleased to be here with Kellen Voss. I mean, it is always a pleasure to see you, my friend, but we are here in dark times trying to wade through the darkness and, and find the light. How the hell are you, sir? I'm 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 good. It's always good to talk to you. Um, I hate the subject matter that we're gonna be talking about today. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's the reality of, of college basketball these days. So it's, yeah. Yeah. And uh, a weird day for Michigan sports yesterday. There was, uh, some ups, there were some downs. We had uh, Jaden Davis commitment, which was really great. Then Hunter Dickinson decides to transfer. Not so great. Brandon Narado is announced as the official Michigan hockey head coach. Just a roller coaster of emotions. I definitely needed a beverage after that. Good to be here with you to try and sift through this, but we are going to focus on the primary negative there in that Jawan Howard has been treading water for weeks and Hunter Dickinson just tossed him a cinder block. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Hunter Hunter uh, last night entered the the reports were that Hunter entered the transfer portal. Um, and it's, it's a, it's right off the bat. It's an absolute bummer. I mean, he was the leading scorer and leading rebounder for Michigan for the last three seasons. He kind of was when you think Michigan basketball, he, he was kind of the identity of Michigan basketball the last three seasons, whether you like it or not, uh, consensus, all American, uh, lots of all, uh, all big 10 appearances, first team and second team accolades this season, obviously tons of tons of memorable performances, uh, led Michigan to a regular season title in 2021, uh, Sweet 16 in 2021, and, and eventually Elite Eight. 
uh, Sweet 16 uh, in the last season as well. And then they missed the tournament this year. And I guess, I guess my question to you would be, you know, what is Hunter Dickinson's legacy at Michigan? Yeah, if you thought we would come on and try and find the good in this and try and spin it about how this is actually a good thing, I don't have that take for you right now. Uh-huh. I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some more opium, maybe huff right. some more paint to try to get to there. This yeah. is not a good thing because as you mentioned, some of the accolades, this is one of the best players to ever play at Michigan full stop. Yeah. He's only the eighth Wolverine ever with fifteen hundred points and seven hundred and fifty plus rebounds. I mean, he's in elite company. He just passed Juwan Howard this season on the all time score. List. So, I mean, you can already kind of just get an idea of where you're at, the kind of air that he's considered in. So there have been times in the past where myself, Andy over on Out of the Blue, and I know you as well, have been critical of Hunter Dickinson. A lot of the fan base has and that we wanted to see primarily more leadership. Um, you know, there was some of the sophomoric antics that never really bothered me too much because I kind of liked that he was leaning into being a heel. But I think we all agreed we wanted to see a little bit more leadership out on the court. Yeah. Well, well, I saw that this year, especially over the last six weeks of the season, pretty much after that Central Michigan loss. I saw a lot of the things that I wanted to see out of Hunter Dickinson. The three-point percentage improved. The, infic- the efficiency took a little bit of a dip actually on fewer field goal attempts, which is a bit of a surprise, but the two point percentage was really good, but I really liked that he was playing defense, communicating and being a leader out there. So as far as overall legacy, that's going to vary from individual to individual, but this is a guy that just the accolades speak for themselves and is a major, major loss as one of the most important Wolverines of the last 20, 30 years, or you could even say ever. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think that um, he's he's definitely when you when you think of uh, the best Michigan big men of all time, you have to you have to mention him in there just with all the accolades that he had and all the and, and you, you're right about this past season. He was leading the guys. He did seem like he took more of a leadership role on and off the court. Um, his defensive ability was getting better. He, it probably was never at a level that you wanted it to be, but he was getting better with the foot speed and that kind of a thing. He played really well next to Terrace Reed. You know, Michigan's best lineups probably all year long were the two big lineups where Hunter was away from the basket and Hunter was shooting mid-range shots. Hunter was shooting three-pointers. Hunter was setting up Terrace Reed for easy buckets inside. And you saw that lineup and you know that it can't work, you know, for 40 minutes of a game. But, you know, it, it was it was probably Michigan's best lineup all year long because of how much Hunter has improved and because of how well he was able to set up Terrace Reed and play off Michigan's guards and stuff. And now he enters the transfer portal as probably one of the most accomplished basketball players to ever enter the transfer portal. I mean, I saw on Twitter yesterday, he's the first consensus All-American to ever enter, enter the portal. When you look on The Athletic, they have a ranking of transfer portal guys. He automatically jumped up to number one. He's going to be a highly coveted guy. Um, for the rest of college basketball. And it absolutely sucks that he probably won't be returning to Michigan next year because he's just electric to watch. And without him, this season went really, really bad for a lot of reasons. But imagine how the season would have gone without him. I mean, would Michigan have won 12 games, 15 games? Like it's, 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 he, he did, he did a lot for Michigan and we're going to miss him a lot. 
Yeah, he was doing the heavy lifting on a team that needed a lot of heavy lifting. And you're absolutely right. What would this have looked like without him? I saw a lot of takes like bench him and move on to Terrace Reed. That is absolutely preposterous. If we're referring to what we saw last season, he was the the better player all around. And you mentioned there's not a a team in college basketball that's not going to be after him. So we can speculate wildly about what the reasons are behind this. It's certainly a surprise. Uh, There have been some murmurs on on Twitter and uh, Josh Ogdahl, shout out to him, posted something about uh, just kind of cryptically saying this might be Jawan Howard's fault. At the end of the day, it does fall on Jawan Howard's shoulders, which there's some truth to that. And uh, Will Shedder responded to him saying, like, if you only knew. So there's clearly something going on behind the scenes. Some type of disagreement, a row occurred, or maybe it was just a, a disagreement about the future of the program, his role within it. But this is just not good. It's not a good look for the program. It's not great for Jawan Howard, who really needed a win right now. And now you're kind of scrambling. And, uh, you know, the one thing we do know is that Terrace Reed is going to slide into that spot that's left vacant. But that is a huge, huge roll to hill, a, a huge hole to fill, excuse me, for Terrace Reed or anybody. Because as you mentioned, this is just the greatest player to ever enter the transfer portal. Like very, very possibly. That's not a that's not a hot take. If you look at all the stats, you look at all the accomplishments. The transfer portal has only been around a few years, and it, he clearly has more accomplishments than anybody else that's in the transfer portal right now. Um, when you look at Michigan's roster next season, it was already looking kind of bleak before Hunter was leaving. I mean, Jet declared for the NBA draft. Isaiah Barnes didn't do a whole lot at Michigan, but he entered the portal, and that was a depth piece that's net, that's not going to stay at Michigan. Uh, Kobe Bufkin's looking to enter the draft. Joey Baker applied for a waiver to return next season, but it's not sure if that waiver is going to go through or not. Uh, Jalen Llewellyn, um, it, it's st- we're not sure if he's going to return or not. He's, and, he, and you know, if he does, he's coming off a torn ACL, so he might not even start the year fully healthy. Uh, so when you look at the, the what this who's left on this roster, it's like Doug McDaniel and Terrace Reed, and those are pretty much your only two guarantees at this point. I mean, we talked about it pre-show, but you never want to assume anything, but like, what is this, what is this, how does this affect the program? Is there going to be a domino effect from this? We know that he's super tight with Terrence Williams. Is Terrence Williams going to want to leave after this? I mean, we just saw the story in AP about how Terrence Williams is getting death threats online when Michigan missed the tournament and stuff. Is he going to, is he going to want to stay at Michigan now that his, that his best buddy is leaving? What it, how, I, a move like this where a guy who was so was such a leader was such a, a face of the program is now leaving what is that what is that how do other impressionable 18 to 19 year olds react to that that that's that's just absolutely scary to think about when you think about what this roster is going to look like next season and the seasons beyond that yeah, and we don't know if the dominoes were already cascading. Was the the Jet Howard announcement the first domino, and he started to look ahead and like, what is this roster going to look like? Is this roster going to be able to compete? Does he already know about the Buffkin decision, or can he kind of read the tea leaves and say, yeah, Jet's going, Buffkin's going, it's going to be all on me? Um, but we did know that, you know, like you mentioned, he could play next to Terrace Reed. So I would have thought there would have been some appeal there. Maybe Terrace Reed takes some of those body blows that it does take to be a center, you know, and playing down low and banging with the the Trace Jackson Davises of the world game in and game out, that can take a toll on your body. So I kind of thought Terrace Reed taking some of that, particularly since he's more of a true five and Hunter Dickinson can do a little bit of four. And you mentioned the foot speed improved. So you could see a little bit of that where yeah. you could kind of slot in as a pseudo four. I mean, more positionless the way that they were doing it. Obviously, that's not the case. 
whatever's going to happen with the rest of the roster now, it's already not going to be good and you're going to be relying on transfers just because of Jet and Hunter Dickinson being gone. We said that probably the most likely outcome were that two would go and Hunter Dickinson would be the lone remaining holdout. That is not the case now. So like it does does not sound good if we're just kind of forecasting and predicting that we're going to get Kobe back. And and you mentioned it, man. Like, what do you do now? Is this a roster that can even compete, let alone win next year? Yeah, I mean, we already saw that um, Juwan Howard and the coaching staff were reaching out to plenty of guys in the portal, especially big men. You know, John Hughley the fourth out of Pittsburgh, BJ Mack out of Wofford, um, a lot of guys like that. And that was before these dominoes started to fall. So you almost wonder if they had a, an inkling in the back of their head that the dominoes were going to fall, or if it was it was the pattern that we've seen with Juwan over the last few years, where he's just offering to anybody whether it's roster fit, whether it's how do you fit with these guys, whether it's worrying about scholarships, just offer to as much talent as you can and see what, how many, how many bites, you know, it's like fishing. You, you, you put your line out there and you see how many, how many you can hook in. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's bleak when you look at the future of this. I mean, it's losing, losing Dickinson. I, I do wonder if this affects Kobe's decision at all. Like if, if, if Kobe is now more likely to stay because he knows that he'll get the ball more and be the, the and if he stays, he'd be Michigan's best player and probably a captain and, and a leader with the team. Does he want that? Does he, does he feel like his NBA draft stock is high enough to where he can go now? Like it, is he seeing, or is he seeing all these people leave and he wants to now leave too, because he doesn't know what the future of this program is going to be. It's just, there's, there's still so many questions to answer and it's, it's, it's it's just I feel like every every time I've ended one of these soliloquies, it's like I'm sad. And now I, I, I just I can't I can't figure out how to say that other than I'm, I'm sad, you know, that Hunter's leaving. So I, too, am sad. And uh, we need to try. And uh, what is it that Stanley Kubrick said? However vast the darkness, we must supply our own light. I think that's yeah, what we're trying yeah. to do here, because, you know, we we have to cover this stuff and we're trying to be like, all right, well, this has obviously happened. We're still going to be processing this. We could spend the next 20 minutes just whining and crying about it but we're trying to see like what happens next and right. that is going to be fascinating to watch um to speak to your earlier point there about kobe buffkin do you think hunter dickinson is a fun player to play with only averaged about 1.6 one and a half assists per game throughout his career not really definitely no one's going to confuse him for nikola Jokic out there as like a passer and getting other guys involved is he too much of like a heliocentric player do you think for these other guys to have fun playing with him you know, you have to wonder that, right? Like he he was the focus of all the defenses. He was getting us X amount of post touches a game. He was getting a lot of the shots late in these games. You have to wonder how fun it is to to play with that after years and years and years and years. I would think it would be fun just because of how dominant he was and because he was continuing to improve as a leader last year. I would think that it that 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 guys would like that from that standpoint, but you're right. There is an aspect of it where it's like, do, do you want to play more of a more guard heavy? Do you, do you want, um, do our Doug and Kobe like want the ball more in those settings? So I don't know necessarily if they hated playing with him, but yeah, he, he's, he, he certainly commands a lot of, a lot of the ball and a lot of the attention. And on the defensive end, he's never been the defensive anchor that you really expect a seven footer to be. So I guess that would be annoying from that standpoint. And um, I'd imagine the antics off the court would get a little annoying sometimes. Like all the crap he talked about Wisconsin, the crap he talked about Michigan State and wearing the ski mask and stuff. It's great to have that guy on your team, 
but it really sucks when he's talking all that crap and then Michigan loses, right? Like the ski mask game, they lost the game to a bad Wisconsin team and got out-rebounded heavily to that Wisconsin team. So you have to wonder how much that sucks. But um, yeah, it's 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 hard to tell. I, I would I, I do agree with you to a certain extent. It probably is a little hard to play with him, but he's also so dominant that it's also fun to play with him at the same time. Right. And we've seen him seed the ball to other guys. You know, we've seen him play with with Wagner early on um, and we hasn't had a lot of great guard play during his tenure there. And but that just wasn't going to be the case this year where you're seeding touches to Doug McDaniel or even Kobe Bufkin as outstanding as he was. I mean, just you want that more seasoned player out there making those decisions and, and leadership it really just kind of spans the gauntlet there of what that means. And and that can be making the right play and knowing when it's time to go get a bucket. And it seemed like he had really come a long way this year and knowing when it's Hunter Dickinson time. And I mean, we were really counting on that for next year. But yeah, let's try it and parse together now what this roster is going to look like. I would say Doug McDaniel's probably one of the sure things. Terrace Reed's one of the other sure things. Outside of that, I mean, you said throwing out fishing lines. We might need to throw out a gill net to try to bring in some transfers, man. Like, because I think there needs to be a lot of work done to this roster. Well, they just got a commitment from Namari Burnett, right? He was a he was a bench player for Alabama, really solid athlete, really good in transition, uh, jump shots developing. It's not quite where you'd want it to be, but it, it, he's getting better at it. Played at Texas Tech in Alabama, so he's been with experienced, talented programs before. He's probably a, at least a depth piece, if not a guy who could develop into a starter for you. Um, they they landed a commitment from him, but you're not sure if that commitment was contingent on him being with Hunter now, right? Like he can pull his commitment after after what after this has happened, and if more guys leave and leave and leave, maybe he wants to to rethink his decision as well. So the the thing I kept thinking about when looking at this roster. Um, next season, no matter how talented it's going to be, is next season's really a prove-it year for Juwan Howard, right? You've already lost two of your top three scorers from last year in Dickinson and Jet Howard. Seems like Kobe's going to go. Um, it puts you in a really tough spot as a coach when you when you potentially lose your top three scorers and you're dealing, you know, your best players are sophomores and Doug McDaniel and Terrace Reed and whatever ends up staying out of Baker, Cheddar, Terrence Williams, Llewellyn, all those guys. Next year's a prove-it year for Jawan Howard, right? And and I'd say it starts now with your recruitment in the transfer portal, with your recruitment in high school guys. If you pick up another guy or two in that avenue, um, and, and and this this is this is prove-it time, right? George Washington coming in is probably going to be a shooter for you and stuff. Uh, Papa Conte might might be do be something as a big now, and, and with Hunter leaving, maybe that increases the chances of him getting playing time. But um, next year's a prove it year for Juwan Howard. You're going to lose a lot of talented guys. It's going to be a lot of young guys. This is the, you know, you want to prove yourself as a coach. Next year is the year to do it. If you can get that group to the, to, to the NCAA tournament and win a game or two with that group, then you, then you've solidified your career at Michigan. And if you can't, then does he, you know, with, with Jace graduating then after next season, does he, you know, quietly, you know, try to submerge back into the Miami Heat's bench and just becomes an assistant coach there. Like that, that that's that's very much reality. Are we seeing Jawan the, the next year's a prove year for Jawan, I would say. 
Yeah, I mean, it was already a prove it year before this, and and like you mentioned, I think that's a really good point that that prove it year has already kind of begun with what we're seeing yeah. now with these decisions and who you're able to bring in the transfer portal. So essentially, it's Olympic tryouts, and you just stumbled out of the blocks on your sprint. Yeah. You know, it's it's really yeah. not looking great for our boy Juwan Howard, and he's going to have to to patch this up using the transfer portal to have a competitive roster, just because if things went the absolute best and I mean, let's go ahead and say Namari Burnett slots into that Kobe Buffkin role because we're just kind of assuming right. that he's going to go now. Unless like the only thing that might bring him back is like we you are going to be the center of this offense. Like you are going to be the alpha, the omega. Maybe that would convince him to come back for now. Let's go ahead and assume that he's leaving. I mean, if if you have Doug McDaniel who takes a step, Namari Burnett, who is able to come in and, and start and be great in that role, you have Shedder and a transfer. We probably need most a like a four, like probably yeah. a, a shooting four or somebody 6'10", 6'9", that can play defense, can slot in next to Reed and stretch the floor a little bit. Do you agree? Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, Michigan, especially now with Hunter leaving and, and the uncertainty of what T-Will doing and Cheddar's doing, um, you have to – four is obviously a priority. Michigan never figured out the four spot last season, right? Terrence Williams started out the year, um, wasn't great, and eventually lost his starting spot. Cheddar uh, was great in little spurts, and Michigan Twitter fell in love with him probably a little too much around mid-January, February time. And then when he got more minutes, he kind of got exposed by better uh, groups of front courts. The Terrace Reed-Hunter Dickinson lineup was was probably Michigan's best lineup and most efficient as the two-big lineup, but now Hunter's obviously gone, so you're probably not going to play Terrace at the four. You have an unprove it, and, and then when you look at the rest of the roster, you have a redshirted guy in Greg Glenn who we don't know much about, and you have a 2023 guy in Papaconte who we don't know much about. There's not really a set answer at the four right now for Michigan, and that's why you're seeing them reach out to guys like Mac and Hughley and Drew Fielder out of Providence and a lot of talented guys like that. I would say that that's a priority in the transfer portal. Uh, when you look at this roster, there's not a lot of three-point shooting. I'd say getting another guard or, or a small forward who can who can shoot it, shoot from three is probably a priority, and, and, then you, and then you go from there. And it's a lot of young talent, but – we've seen it before in college basketball. Sometimes young talent, when it gels together, works really well. And if there is a world where McDaniel and Reed both make the sophomore leap at the same time, and all of a sudden all our concerns about Michigan, a lot of them are put. So it's, it's, I'm kind of excited for it just because I don't know what, what to expect, but that's also the scary part of it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were kind of saying that uh, the only things that are nailed to the floor, Jed Howard, Kobe Bufkin, Hunter Dickinson. Well, if you remove them, there's really nothing that I'm saying is nailed to the floor. You have to keep. So, I mean, there is a lot that you could do with the roster. So, yeah, I guess there is something exciting about that, that this could look completely different next year than it did this year. That is both exciting and horrifying after the season that we all just sat through and watched. And most of us watched to the bitter end because of, you know, how close it was and, and, you know, how much we were teetering we were we were on the bubble so i don't think there will be a lot of patience for another season like that from the fan base so he's got got to get this figured out especially when you remember that the year prior they just barely made the tournament you know you you win a few games in the tournament and get to the sweet 16 and that kind of that kind of you put some you put some band-aids on some wounds there but when you look at the season before that it, you know, with the stretch down of that season, it was looking like Michigan also wasn't going to make the tournament that year. I mean, if they don't win that game at Ohio State with Devontae Jones going off and Hunter Dickinson being sick for that game, they probably don't make the tournament the year prior. So it's like 
this is now two years in a row where Michigan is on the brink of making of, of making and missing the tournament. They made it. Uh, they made it two years ago. They didn't make it last year. So it's like if you're if you have another one of those years again, you have to ask questions about what the future of this program looks like, especially with how with how with how well it was doing four or five years ago, right? Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Everything you said is completely apt, man. Like, and and now those John Beeline comparisons are going to be coming hot and heavy. Expect to see yeah. a lot of those, yeah. and I mean, there's going to yeah. be a lot of uh, you know looking over across the bar at other coaches, kind of making you know. Gooey, yeah. googly eyes at him like oh what's going on over there yeah. with that Seton Hall coach and stuff so expect a lot of that uh, expect the transfer portal to be hit really hard there's going to be a lot of that news and I expect kind of a long offseason of grumbling but the good thing is is we got football we got the spring game we got some things that are going to maybe keep the Michigan fans placated for a little bit keep our, our mind off of that we got Michigan uh, hockey in the frozen four but once basketball season comes back around and all eyes are on this again man it's it's going to be a struggle for Juwan Howard. Yeah, I was I was texting my buddy. Uh, shout out Jason Whedon, who listened who listens to all of our uh, most of the most of the podcasts here on Block M. And uh, he was saying that like you know Michigan football, and Michigan basketball can never be good at the same time, right? Like Michigan football is is doing really really well right now. They just picked up Jaden Davis, two college football playoff appearances in a row, and now the future of Michigan basketball is looking bleak. So you you from a fan standpoint, you wish that both programs would be good at the same time but that really hasn't happened much in recent years yeah whoever got a hold of the monkey paw and wished for michigan athletic success uh they didn't really think about the consequences here but um all right man anything else uh from you on this decision from hunter dickinson before we call it um yeah i mean i had a couple stats i wanted to throw out there about hunter dickinson um i believe he's 12th all time in scoring now you mentioned that he passed juan howard uh he leaves if he leaves He's the school's all-time leader in player efficiency rating at 27.9, uh, even a few points more efficient than Trey Burke was at Michigan. So that's that's pretty high wow. company. So the he's also Michigan's all-time leader in win shares per 40 minutes. So basically what those advanced stats mean is that when he was on the floor, he was absolutely he was pretty efficient and Michigan won most of the time. And that's, you know, when you look at when you look at his resume, that's that's absolutely true, especially his freshman season. So I'm going to miss him a lot. I mean, I have the, I got the um, big Dickinson energy shirt for Christmas a few years ago out of his first NIL deal. Um, I, he was really fun to watch. He was a really fun guy to have in your corner. I think I would have hated him if he played for another big 10 school, but having, having that villain on your team was fun. And Hunter Dickinson and ultimately is good for college basketball. And so while I'm sad to see him go, I hope he goes to a place where he can win and he can continue to be a main character in college basketball because having him around is good for the is good for the sport. Um, it sucks that he's leaving Michigan though. So here I am being sad again. So <laughs> sorry to do that to you, man. But yeah, this is going to be a fascinating experiment because we always said, seems like the kind of player that you love when he's on your team and absolutely despise when he's not on your team. So when he's, 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 Nadama, he's, he's like Nadama Kong Su was few, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 10 years. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, I mean, when he goes to play for Rick Patino, I mean, and, and just goes full villain, we'll see how much that we, we like this guy and, and how can, quickly can we'll call, turn. Can I call my shot? Can I call my shot? Please. I think he goes to Georgetown. Yeah, isn't that where Patino is now? He loves. He loved. No, no. Patino's at uh, St. John's. Patino's at St. John's. But Dickinson uh, has talked in his podcast multiple times about complimenting Ed Cooley. Um, Cooley just took the job at Georgetown, building it from the ground up. He's from the DMV area. 
I don't know. Georgetown kind of seems like a. It, it wouldn't surprise me if you if you went to Georgetown. Where if you would if you would guess right now, where do you think he's playing next year? I mean, I would guess where I would want to go. And if you want to <laughs> go somewhere enjoyable for your last year and you want a chance at winning a title, I'd go to UCLA. That's where I would be yeah. looking. But uh, I, I think that you're onto something there. The so he stays in the Big Ten, and Michigan would rematch with him potentially. Oh God, he's got two more years old. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. UCLA somehow about to be a Big Ten school that that somehow has yeah. forgotten me. Uh, Maryland? Could there be any? I mean, you mentioned the DMV connection, and like that would be hilarious. Would they forgive him for all his transgressions? I think. I think I don't think he can forgive Maryland the other way around because oh, yeah. the, the recruiting was so bad coming out of high school. I think that the the grudge. I think the it's already set there. Uh, he's buddies with Armando Baycott at North Carolina, and they're going to be looking to to get up talent for the next year. He's from the DMV area, maybe Virginia is a school you could throw in there. But um, yeah, I, I I'm just excited to see where he's going to go because, like we said at the beginning, he's one of he's probably the most talented player to ever enter the transfer portal. And now some team in college basketball is going to pick him up and automatically you know get a lot better as a program. So. Hope not, he lands in a good spot. Me too, man. And uh, not a great look that the most talented transfer ever is leaving your program with eligibility still yeah. on the table and and really still not hearing a lot about him as an NBA draft prospect. So when you tweeted that, I got my information from you. So shout out to you. But I was just like, I, I was like, he has to be wrong here. Like, is this one of those deals where it's transfer slash NBA draft? And he's just kind of like entering his name into that amorphous space there but no it was officially transfer yeah yeah and 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 juan howard came out with a with a comment about it uh, a few hours later which essentially confirmed that he entered the transfer portal said that it was a bittersweet day thanked him as a young man for all the stuff he did with the program said a lot of memories that he had with hunter will last a lifetime and when you listen to a lot of the post game that they did um, when he talked with about Hunter Dickinson, it, it kind of seemed like they had formed a father son relationship a little bit in terms of how much he loved Hunter, how much he loved Hunter developing into a leader, how much Hunter's antics, you know, focused all the negative attention on him and let other guys kind of just just play basketball. Uh, it seemed like the two of them got along really, really well. And so it sucks that they're not going to be uh, uh, playing. It's not it sucks. They're not going to be playing together next year. Here I am being sad again. Yeah. Tossing it to you. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, buddy. We got a little low. It's a gloomy Saturday morning here in Metro Detroit. So, yeah, it, it kind of fits that it's been, it's been raining since last night. So it kind of fits that the, this whole this whole storyline, if Mother Nature's been listening to us. So, yeah, shout out to all you absolute warriors. I'm going to go stick it out for the spring game. Uh, you have my support. I don't think it's going to be like the uh, the Colorado spring game, which is the first sellout that I can ever remember at the University of Colorado for, for their spring game. So I don't think there'll be that level of excitement around the Michigan spring game when it's going to get down to like 25. But uh, yeah, it, it's time to turn our attention back to football. That'll help soothe some of these wounds. That'll help, you know, we'll, we'll bathe in the calming waters of football and hopefully get some good transfer news and we definitely want to have you on out of the blue we had some uh some ideas we want to bring you in for another draft we're big fans of whenever you can do a draft over there draft beer a military draft the vietnam draft a, a basketball draft any one of them we're all for so we'll bring right. you on and we could we can have a little bit more of this hunter dickinson discussion when we draft it up i always i always love talking to you and andy and and, and so i anytime anytime i'm, I'm happy to do it so hell yeah man well thanks for jumping on with me sorry it was uh such a, a downer didn't mean to ruin your day but uh you know we will persevere my friend 
We will. We will. And the and 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 both, you know, you can follow our stuff at Maze and Brew. Uh Jared and and Andy do Out of the Blue for the Block M now. And it's 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 a it's a fantastic podcast. It's I'd I'd highly recommend it if you're a Michigan fan. And if you're listening to this, you probably are. Um, go, go check out our stuff on mazenbrew.com. we got tons of stuff with the spring game, tons of updates about basketball. I'll be on there writing about it with all the transfer updates and recruiting updates and all that stuff going along. So make sure to follow our work and the rest of our colleagues' works at Maze and Brew because we're, we're doing a lot of special stuff over there, and we're killing it from a, from a site standpoint, I think. So I'm a little biased but I think we're killing it. Well said, sir. And, and modesty is wasted on men of our caliber. So uh, I appreciate that. You said all that needs to be said. We'll catch you next time. Remember, wherever you go, go blue.